What do you think about when you look out a window? Like, what is your main thought? Do you think about God and all his might and his power in the sky that you can, that you can see? Um, do you think about how vast the world is? Do you think about, um, do you think about nature? Do you think about the trees and, and the animals that you see outside? Or maybe, you know, maybe you're in a city and you're seeing birds and, um, you know, other, other types of animals, (laughs) whatever there are out there and living in the big cities. What do you think about? Do you think about your future? Do you think about your past? What is your main focus when you look out a window? Do you think about hopes? Are you hopeful? Are you regretting things that that you've done or or things that you haven't done? I think looking out a window is, there's so much, so much beauty you can get from it and there's so much wisdom that you can get from it if you will actually be introspective, right? Like, I don't know. There's something about it. I think it's the fact that you're surrounded by walls and, and, you know, psychologically you look out and you see possibility. At least for me, I see potential. I see hope. I see, I just get really introspective and then think about every decision I've made. And there's certain ones that float to the forefront and others that will come along later, but I really have to focus on thinking about them. But every time I, I have a, a moment of, what are you doing right now? What could you be doing? Or, or let's just have some rest and peace. Maybe I'm getting overwhelmed with what's going on in the house with Moses and, and trying and getting too focused on little things and scheduling things and whatnot. And when I look out, sometimes I, it gives me this piece of Shabbat, this piece of rest and knowing that, you know, there's still a world out there around me. And so I don't know. I think looking out a window is, is important for me. I say that because I'm looking out a window right now. I'm fortunate enough, blessed enough to have this big window in our living room in this apartment. And so I get to look out the window just all the time. And it just always brings me back every single time, no matter how many times I do it. It gets me refocused and processing things. And, and I don't know, maybe it maybe gets my priorities in line. As you can hear him in the background, I gave him a bottle of milk and he's just in, in his crib or his pack and play playing right now. It's 1129. He should be going to bed here soon. And I don't know. I just kind of wanted to get on here. I know it's not typical, but I may start doing this more. And hopefully the, the background noises and all that kind of stuff doesn't distract you too much. But I need to get back to making this an outlet for me and and something where I can get my feelings and thoughts out so I'm not bottling them up and not feeling like I'm I'm wasting uh, my thoughts and wasting my time. Today is my 27th birthday. And so with it being my 27th birthday, it's got me thinking, man, you're in your upper 20s now, you know? 26 is still like mid-20s, right? 24, 25, 26. But like 27 is upper 20s. Like I get grouped in with the lower 30s people now. Like, I don't know. And so it's just kind of got me thinking like, dude, you know, you need to be more, more consistent and more focused on what God has set before you. And I think too much I worry about perfection and I worry about 
sound quality being better and, and not having all this perfect content for you guys. And so I get hesitant to, to step on here and just talk. And I think sometimes it's best just to talk. Maybe not even for you, but again, as I've mentioned on this podcast, half of this half of this podcast is, you know, for you guys, for because I think, you know, maybe God's trying to teach you something through what he's teaching me. But actually probably 51, it's probably 49, 51, 51% of it is me just ha- having an outlet. And if people want to listen to it, great. But if they don't, that's, that's fun too. That's me having an outlet of, of thought, of creativity, of having a structure um, in my life, something because I'm a stay at home dad. Um, I think it's hard to find structure sometimes. And you know, I almost feel stuck in the mud sometimes. Like my, my feet are turning, but I'm not really going anywhere. And so um, something that was great about this podcast and pedestal in general for me was to have that outlet and to have that ability to, to speak and to even continue just with my public speaking. Um, be able to continue honing that craft because I've got a lot of honing to do. Uh, I'm not perfect at it. I say uh a lot. I don't have a perfect flow or train of thought. But, you know, just being consistent with it and, and seeing what what um, what God has to present to me and to you guys through this. And so I'm just going to try to get on here more often. It'll, prob- it'll probably be a lot smaller segments like today. We're looking at, I mean, we're at six minutes now. But... I don't know. I think I think that'll be, help me be more consistent. So I'm not thinking, man, I'm I'm going to end up talking for 30 minutes, and I don't have enough to talk about. I'm just going to be consistent and um, and allow the Lord to just say whatever He needs to say. I'm not trying to be some you know crazy wise man. I think that's what I've tried to do too much in the past. Make my make this podcast something that has so much wisdom that then I get discouraged because I don't feel like I have that wisdom and then so I don't even produce anything. But, you know, just just allowing my thoughts to flow, allowing God to speak through me, to work in me. And um, again, the background noise is not going to be perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of stopping with the mic right now. There'll probably be times where I'll pull the mic back out. Um, sorry, the cat wanted out. Um, pull the mic back out, but there'll be some times where it's just like this. And so I hope the sound quality is not too poor for you guys or too uh, frustrating with background noise. Maybe it's Moses. Maybe it's the cats. Maybe it's whatever. But, you know, I'm just going to just gonna be doing this stuff a little bit more. Um, so anyways... Uh, I would love to hear from you guys on the on the Facebook page, just to hear, man, what what do you think about when you look out a window? What what what, what thoughts can continue to to come to your mind? And I challenge you to go and and just stand and look out the nearest window, whatever it is. Maybe you're at work, maybe you're at your house, maybe you're in a car. Just look out the window. Pause for a second. Look out the window, and just be introspective. I think you you can get a lot of fruit. And a lot of um, a lot of wisdom from that. I think God speaks to us through that. And it may sound crazy to you. I find a lot of truth in that statement, though. So, thank you guys. Love you guys. Uh, talk to you soon. Much love. God bless.
All right, so this is so interesting. I'm sitting here doing my Bible study, and I'm I'm walking through the Old Testament, and now I'm in 2 Samuel. Um, and I was reading chapter 6 today, right? And you, there, there's the story that I had heard before. Um, I don't know if I'd read it, but I'd heard it before talking about uh, Yuza, who was helping David and his, his troop and whatever carry the Ark of the Covenant, uh, to Jerusalem, to the city of David. And there was a time when uh, the ark started falling and Uza or Uza, whatever, reached out to, to make sure it didn't hit the ground and he touched the ark of the covenant, which you weren't supposed to do. God had made an ordinance against that and God killed him right then and there. And I was always like, this man was trying to, he, he was holding a high reverence, you know, for this ark. Why would you not let him, you know, try to catch it? Why would you kill him for that? And I was like, man, he, he was just too strict. That seems crazy. But as I was diving into it a little bit more today, I, I looked it up and I was like, it still seems a little crazy. I need, I'm trying to figure this out. And so I started looking up some commentaries and, and thoughts on it. And it absolutely blew my mind. Okay, so interestingly enough, David, let's go ahead and say this, David, right before this, so throughout 2 Samuel, you'll, you'll see David asking God over and over again bef- what he should do before he does anything, where he should go, if he should go, if he should should attack the Philistines, and then they come back, and then if, she, if he should attack them again, like before he does everything, he wants to know the specifics on what to do, when to do it, where to do it, everything which is one of the greatest things to admire about David is that how much he understands he relies on God's leading. And even, I mean, in 2 Samuel 5, at the end of chapter 5, I mean, that's exactly what he, he talks about. So, you know, it says, uh, Then David inquired of the Lord, Should I attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord replied to David, Attack. Um, and so David does it, attacks, pushes them back. And then right after that, it says, The Philistines came up again and spread out. Uh, so And then David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, don't attack directly, go around him, whatever. And then, so David did exactly as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Geba to Gezer. And that's how chapter 5 ends, right? Well, then chapter 6 jumps straight into it, saying how David again assembled all the fit young men in Israel, 30,000. He and all his troops set out to bring the ark of God from Baal, Judah, the ark bears the name, the name of the Lord of armies who is enthroned between the cherubim. And then what's interesting is it doesn't say that he inquired of God to bring it to the king of David. Like, should I do this? Maybe that was um, inferred. Maybe he knew, oh, we need this Ark of the Covenant because it's so powerful. It, it helped us win wars in the past, all that kind of stuff. So I'll give him a pass there. But what's interesting is in verse 3, he doesn't even inquire about God, like ask God how he should bring it. He says, they, it just jumps straight into, they set the ark of God on a new cart and transported it from Abinadab's house, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, I guess, I don't know. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the cart and brought it with the ark of God from Abinadab's house on the hill. Ahio walked in front of the ark, David and the whole house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all kinds of whatever. And they're dancing, right? 
Well, then it came to Necron's threshing floor. User reached out to the ark of God and took a hold of it because the oxen had stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Yuzah, and God struck him dead on the spot for his irreverence, and he died there next to the ark of God. And so it says he, he died on the spot for his irreverence. But I was thinking, well, that, doesn't that mean he reveres it because he's trying to not let it hit the ground? Like that's how I would view it with like, you know, in America, that's what we do with the flag. Like, don't let the flag hit the ground. You catch it before it hits, and you fold it up the right way, all that kind of stuff. So it seems like he's revering it to me. But what I was reading in, in some of those commentaries was it said the issue was that David didn't inquire about God about how to carry it. Because in Exodus 25, it says that, you know, you ha- the, it talks about how the... Um, ark is made and, and how it should be uh, there, there's these poles and these poles go through these certain I guess like loops on the side and they should always remain in those loops and be carried by men on their shoulders okay well in, in Deuteronomy 10 it also says that like the Levites were the only ones who should carry the ark God God designated them as priests right and so it says that the Levites should be the ones carrying the ark. That was their duty. That was their job. And it should always be carried by using these poles, and they would carry it on their shoulders. Well, so when, they, when they're carrying the ark from um, Obed, whatever it is. Or no, no, my bad. It's Baal Judah. And they were going to bring it to Jerusalem the first time. They're carrying it. It says they just put, they set the ark on, an, on a cart and transported it. And then Yuza and Ahio were guiding the cart. And so they're not carrying it using these poles and they're not carrying it on their shoulders and they're not, they're not Levites carrying it. So interesting because this all plays out in 1 Chronicles 15. Where Chronicles, 1 and 2 Chronicles is often thought of to be like a similar retelling with different you know, with different details and often mainly the good parts of, of David and, and not really any of the bad parts. But uh, First and Second Chronicles is supposed to kind of be a, in main, in large part, a retelling of First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. And so we're at a story in Second Samuel and um, it mentions in, in chapter 15 this exact trip. It doesn't mention the first one. It doesn't mention the bad part. Again, for some reason, the chronicler often doesn't write the the bad things that King David did. Mainly, he just sticks with the good things. And, and some people believe that that's because the chronicler was focusing on the new David. He had read Jeremiah and, and some of the other stuff, and he was focusing on Jesus, essentially the Messiah coming. And so he was trying to highlight all these parts of the good part of David to show you more so what King Jesus would be like. So it's very interesting and it's very strategic, but that's neither here nor there. Essentially, 1 Chronicles 15 doesn't recount the, the, the part where Yuza reached out and touched the ark, but he does mention the second part because after Yuza touches the ark in 2 Samuel, it says David was mad because of the Lord's outburst against Yuza. So he named that place outburst against Yuza as it is today. David feared the Lord that day and said, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? And so David, as you see in both of those 
uh, verses that David's not mad at God here. He's mad at the situation. And he's like, what happened? What did we do wrong? Essentially, there's some confusion. He's like, how can the ark come to me? Well, we did this. I understand that they, he touched it and he shouldn't have touched it. But like, what in the world? Right? And so he's, he's, he's mad at like, well, how do, we, how do we transport it then? See, now he's inquiring. Now he's questioning, which is interesting to me. So at that point, David was not willing to bring the ark to the city of David. Instead, he diverted it to the house of Obed-Edom in Gath. And so David was like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't be carrying this to Jerusalem right now. Just, just send it over there, and we'll keep it there for a while. Because I don't know how to bring it to us. I don't know what to do. Well, then, it says, the, the ark of the Lord remained in, in that house for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his whole family. It was reported to King David that the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's family and all that belongs to him, all that kind of stuff. So David got excited, and he was like, all right, well, it, let's let's bring it here. Let's Let's finally get it here. Well, First Chronicles 15 recounts that story about what was happening in David's mind. See, Second Samuel doesn't go into what was happening in David's mind like First Chronicles 15 does. So it, it, Chronicles is given a little bit more detail into that. But it said, David built houses for himself in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. Then David said, no one but the Levites may carry the ark of God because the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of the Lord and to minister before him forever. See, right there, that's where it's changing. David is now realizing that, oh, we didn't have Levites carrying it. What were we thinking? We just had two guys, Ahio and Uzzah, carrying it, and they put it on a cart and because we were, he was excited, right? He was excited about bringing the cart or bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. And so he just wanted to get it there. He didn't inquire of the Lord. He was like, we just need this. We need God's presence here. Because that was the symbol of God's presence was with the Ark of the Covenant. And so he was excited. And that's why they were dancing and all this kind of stuff before the Ark fell. And, and Uzzah tried to catch it. Which I think is crazy because God wanted to show them, you have to obey my commands. I can't just let you off with this by disrespecting and not having a reverence for my commands and what I've already told you previously, which I think is crazy interesting. Um, you, you, we have to, it's showing that we have to continually seek God and seek his will for us and seek what he wants to do, not in just these big things, but in the small things, in the details. God gives us the details for a purpose. He wants a reverence for what he deems holy. Holy means set apart. He's, he's called the Ark of the Covenant holy and set apart. So we need to have a high reverence for it and do into detail what he's asked of us. And so David's now realizing that. He's like, we need the Levites to carry it. And so David got them all together and all this kind of stuff. And then he says, um, yeah, right here. So the priests and the Levites consecrated themselves to bring up the Ark of the Lord God of Israel. And then in verse 15 of chapter 15 of First Chronicles, he says, Then the Levites carried the ark of God the way Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord on their shoulders with the poles. So in Second Samuel, it shows the wrong way to do it, carrying it on a, a cart. And, and so God wasn't going to have that. So he allowed the, the oxen to stumble. Then Yuza tried to catch it and he touched the ark. Well, they wouldn't have even been in that situation if they had done it the right way. If they had inquired of God, how should we carry this? He had already told them in the law, 
um, previously in Exodus and Deuteronomy that, hey, you carry it with poles on your shoulders and only the Levites can carry it. So they would have avoided this completely. So God struck Yuza dead because of his irreverence, like it says in, in 2 Samuel, because they weren't taking it seriously. They were just carrying it however they wanted to. They could have avoided the whole situation if they would have inquired of God how to do it. And then in 2 Samuel, after that, it, it says, okay, well, then they bring it from Obed, Edom's house, to um, to David. And there's so much more to that story, but that's that's why you we really have to dive into scripture and look up commentary. So many people have been studying this book for so many years. And for me, it's, it is so helpful, but you got to find the right people because some people are crazy. I saw one, one quote that said, well, the reason that God struck Uzzah dead is because uh, he just really wanted to touch the Ark of the Covenant. And then he, then he steered the cart and the oxen toward the bump so that he could touch it. See, you, there's nothing in scripture that, that references that. That, w- that would be complete speculation and which leads you down a scary path, right? And you could say, well, maybe that is what he did, but we have to stick with scripture. The Bible tells us everything that we need to know about itself. So if you're looking for explanations of itself, look to other parts of scripture to explain it. The thing is, as I'm reading through the Old Testament, I'm just now to Second Samuel. I haven't gotten to Chronicles yet. And so I hadn't got to read that part. So I was confused by why he says this. I look it up online and what I'm looking for is somebody who is explaining this scripture using other scriptures, using history of what we know is true about the time, about the era, about why they did certain, you know, certain things, certain uh, festivals and feasts. And, but then also who is using scripture to back up why certain scripture means or, 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 or validates or explains other parts of scripture. Always use scripture to use it or always use scripture to help you understand scripture because I'm telling you, it, it explains itself. If you know the history and you know the rest of scripture, you'll figure it out. But other people can point you to that. Like, like that's what I had to find online. I hadn't gotten to Chronicles yet. And so somebody online their their commentary pointed me hey in first chronicles it says this and i was like oh okay well that makes sense and then in exodus and in deuteronomy this is where the law said it had to be carried this way and by the levites and so i don't know that just got me excited so i guess to refocus man let's let's focus on the lord and let's always inquire of him let's always ask him before we do anything there's a great song by a life church worship um that has kind of been an anthem of mine since I heard it a few months ago and maybe a year ago. And it's called, uh, I won't move. And it's about, I'm not going to move until you speak. God, I'm not going to move until you speak. I'm going to sit here quietly, wait patiently until you tell me to go somewhere or you tell me to stay somewhere. You tell me to act in a certain way. And that's what David's anthem of life was. You'll see it all throughout his life. Um, and as I just mentioned, you see it all throughout Samuel before we even get to this point where he's just asking God, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I do it? Um, and in all those situations and cases, you see success. You see David 
fulfilling what he's supposed to. But when he doesn't ask, when he doesn't inquire and thinks, oh, this is just what I should do, and he assumes and jumps into it, that's when you see destruction. That's when you see death because God is not blessing that. God's not going to bless something that you're not that you're not seeking his guidance on. He, he knows everything. We fall the wrong way every time. Our hearts were sin-ridden. We're ridden with evil by nature. And so we're always inclined to do the wrong thing. Be selfish, be in a rush, seek uh, wealth and fame and all this kind of stuff. But God wants to direct us in a way that is going to grow his kingdom because that's what he knows it's all about. It's about bringing as many people into the kingdom, into a relationship with him. And so that's what he's going to guide us toward. And so if we re- react on our own volition and what we what we want to do, we're always going to go towards death and towards sin and selfishness. And we're, even if we think it's, oh, well, you, you know, David's wanting the Ark of the Covenant with him because he knows God is powerful. That doesn't seem like a bad thing. But before we make a a rash move. And even if it seems right, we still need to ask the Lord, is this what you want me to do? Tell me and I will happily do it, but I want to wait for you because we may with the wrong, with the right motives, do the wrong thing. Let me say that again. We may, cause I need to hear that for myself. We may with the right motives, do the wrong thing. David had the right motives to get the Ark of the covenant to the city of David in Jerusalem. But he did the wrong thing because he he didn't transport it the right way. He didn't have the reverence for the Ark of the Covenant that that God required for it. Because that's where God's presence was with the Ark of the Covenant. And um, because of that, he lost a friend. He lost uh, Uzzah's life. And so David takes on that responsibility. And you even see that in First Chronicles. He talks about uh, how he he's like we you know we messed up because we didn't have the the Levites carrying it. Very interesting to me. So I don't know. I got excited about that today, and yeah, just wanted to let y'all dive into my Bible study a little bit. So, all right, much love. God bless. Talk to y'all soon.